We've spent the last few weeks looking at this whole idea of uh, the importance of questioning and, and curiosity. Uh, last week we talked, we kind of moved that on and looked about how um, the ethic of loving people and being loved to people sometimes needs to lead to a challenge to our belief system and maybe the things we've been taught or inherited as we've grown up. Um, I want to kind of push this on a bit further again today to, to think about this whole idea of, um, I suppose, how do we develop um, how do we migrate our thinking and how do we change the way that we think? Um, it can be an uncomfortable process, but, but as, as I kind of begin to consider this kind of stuff, the question that really comes up to me is, is there any room for change in the way that you think about God? A few weeks ago, um, we finished running the character course, which was an eight-week course uh, we did with a load of uh, people from the living room. We had a really good time discussing loads of different topics. Um, but during one of those topics, they looked at this, uh, Roger, the guy who, who leads it through, looked at this um, at two ways that people think. He talked about people either having a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. Obviously, a fixed mindset is that you know what you think and uh, that's enough. You don't need to push it any further. Whereas a growth mindset is all about this idea that we're constantly uh, moving, developing, thinking um, and questioning stuff and growing in the way that we think. Um, when I think about God and faith, it's, it's really easy to default to a fixed mindset. Uh, you take the theology, uh, maybe it's interpretation of the Bible. Um, the spiritual stance that you've inherited or been taught. And in some ways we can take that information and we can decide that we're going to hold true to that forever, that, that those things are what you, uh, the foundation blocks of what you've built your faith and your understanding of God on. So it doesn't need to change. And in effect, it's almost like we've turned around and we've put that set of beliefs um, and our faith through a laminator in order to protect it um, and, uh, and keep it kind of uh, fresh and so that it can't be spoiled or can't be changed. And, and I get why people do that, because sometimes we feel like this foundation is, is um, the, the core of everything that we believe and it can't change because that's just the truth and the way that it needs to work. But as I think about these last few weeks and as we've been talking about questioning and, uh, and this whole idea of change, when we each consider our own personal standpoint, where do we stand on that? Do you feel like you have a fixed mindset or is there any room for change in the way that you think about God? When, when we sit, I said before, it's quite an uncomfortable um, can be quite an uncomfortable journey to go on at times. But when you sit and think about that kind of stuff, it can be easy to, I suppose, dismiss it and say it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary to change. But we've got to understand that what we have now in our current society and, and the way things work for us now, even just within the Christian world, what we have now in terms of things like we, uh, how we view God, the Bible, humanity. Um, it's not how it always was. What we have now isn't, the, um, isn't been this laminated set of rules that have existed throughout the whole of time. And actually, it doesn't seem to particularly resemble how it worked in Jesus' time. 
And that's because the reality is the world changes, people change, understanding develops, humanity develops in their way of thinking. And if we were to do something like compare our world now, and especially the Christian standpoint, Christian perspective now, to medieval times, we'd see quite a dramatic difference. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I've been reading, uh, I read a book by Brian McLaren called A New Kind of Christian, which is looking at these kind of things in essence. Um, he, he tells his story in this book about how, um, uh, how a guy was taking a lecture to a load of students and he was talking about this very subject of how people's viewpoints change over time. And as a bit of an experiment, he decides to take two students from the class, pick them out and say, OK, let's imagine that you two were sent back to medieval times. What would medieval Christians make of you? And this is what he says. Nobody could possibly believe that you could be Christians. Of course, first, there would be the obvious cultural issues. For example, even a medieval prostitute wouldn't have been seen in public dressed like you. And your fine haircut would have, um, and your fine haircut would have made people either laugh at you or fear you were a witch of some sort. He goes on to say, but on a deeper level, if you told them you didn't believe in the Pope and you didn't accept that kings ruled by divine right and you didn't believe that God created a universe consisting of concentric spheres of ascending perfection and if you let it slip that you agreed um, with uh, Copernicus that the earth rotated around the sun, you would surely be tried as heretics and perhaps burned at the stake goes on to say this, now take a moment and let this really sink in. To the Christian culture of medieval Europe, none of you today could be considered real Christians. True, you might say that you believe in Jesus and that you follow the Bible, but that would sound like nonsense to them if at the same time you denied what to them was essential for any reasonable person to accept the medieval worldview, which was the context for their faith. When I read that, it really made me think. It was a real kind of point of challenge for me because I never look at it like that. I never look at the idea of if we jump back in time, what would people think of what we believe now? And when we do take some time to think about that, the idea um, that we could be, I suppose, let me just find, I've, I've lost where I'm in my notes, just bear with me, bear with me. Yeah, the idea... That, that we could ever be labelled as, as heretics or burnt at the stake for what we currently believe now to be, to be the foundations of everything to do with believing in God seems completely ridiculous. But the reason that, that I suppose all of this happens is because things change over time. Humanity and understanding has evolved and perspectives have shifted and what we now see in a lot of the ways that, that Christians think, it makes sense in the world that we live in. But here's the big question that I want us to think about today, and it's this. Do you ever think there will, uh, there will need to be a spiritual migration, a shift or a change in the future? When you think about the world that we live in, the way everything works, the way we've began to change and understand humans, uh, people, maybe experiences of God have shifted. Uh, we've begun to understand what it's like to be uh, different people, different cultures, different races. Do you ever think there will need to be another shift in the future? 
And the question to consider in that is why did it happen before? Why did there need to be a shift from medieval times to where we are now? And I suppose the reality is it's because sometimes we get stuck. We get stuck in a mode of thinking, that laminated set of beliefs, that laminated kind of set of rules that we've um, built everything on might actually begin to get outdated and might not particularly work for the way the world works. And that will have been what happened before, that as, as people began to question the medieval way of thinking, the perspectives of stuff, and they, became, um, they began to understand more about the world, about science, about, uh, about psychology, about, um, about, I suppose, more understanding about culture, about what was going on in Bible times and the difference between the world then and the world now. A shift was needed in order for it to migrate into a kind of new way of thinking. And what we've got to understand is our world now is, is different. Society is different. Our world is changing. And one of the things we've got to understand in the West is that predominantly we live in a post-Christian culture. The, the good news that we often talk about to do with being a Christian and, and the message of Jesus isn't necessarily brand new news for everyone. And that demands a change in itself. You can't just kind of go into situations thinking, well, I'll just tell people about Jesus and then they'll all want to sign up to it. The reality is the world that we live in now is some people know about Jesus, know about God, know about the story. Maybe they've even experienced it, but they've chosen for, for many, many different reasons that it's not for them. Maybe they've snubbed it or rejected it or been hurt and, and don't really know what to do with it. So they've moved on and what we would say is the answer didn't really work for them. So that demands a shift in our way of thinking and our way of, of communicating and, and relating to people because it's not as simple as, well, I'll just tell them about Jesus and then they'll want to be like me. It doesn't really work like that in the same way. I suppose, as I think about all of this stuff, think about how do we begin to, to push um, in a new direction, I, I kind of think to myself, what would it look like to take the core of who God is and what he desires for humanity and take that message forward in a new way? So it then becomes not a message that's built around people being wrong, or that focuses on anger or disappointment or judgment from God, but instead changes the narrative a bit. I've got to be honest with you, I've struggled for years with this concept that in order to get, in order to get people to become a Christian, the main tactic is we make them feel bad about themselves. Now, the, the reason that's probably worked is because the stories we always hear of transformation of lives is often around people, uh, the, the ones we champion most is people whose lives have been spiraling out of control, that they got caught up in this, that and everything else and went on this really wayward path and then they saw the light and came back and their life was transformed and changed. Those stories are amazing. But the problem is when, when you meet someone who's not a Christian, and they are a truly wonderful and amazing person. The idea that you try and make them feel bad for not following God is a really strange tactic. And actually, it doesn't really work because the idea of them needing to change their lives, they might be quite happy with who they are. 
And as I've sat with that kind of stuff more and more and thought, well, man, what do we do? Actually, I think the reason I don't feel comfortable with it is because I don't really think at the core of God, what it is all about is, is uh, people being wrong or God's anger or God's disappointment or judgment of people. I feel like we've latched onto that. And I don't think that's a helpful strategy. So when we think about doing stuff in a new way, we're talking about a message of love, of hope, of purpose, of connection, uh, healing, restoration, compassion, these kind of things that, that suddenly, to me, really reflect who God is. That feels way more in tune with who I know God to be. But to do that, to, to move into a new direction, I suppose, we need to be prepared to destroy the stereotypes of what people assume about God and maybe what people have begun to assume about Christians. We've got to destroy those kind of things and I suppose truly become love to all people. And that stuff demands what we're talking about. It, it demands this spiritual migration, this shift, this change, this development in the way that we think in order to, to truly and authentically take a message of love out to people. So for me, to put it simply, it's all about allowing the nature of God, so the one who is love, to really show through us in the things that we do, the things that we say, the way we treat people, uh, and I suppose the way we approach our world and, and the things that we do within that world. And that affects everything. It affects everything. It can be so easy to get stuck in a way of thinking and sometimes it's a lot harder work to really push and and really cause yourself to ask questions and think about stuff but I really hope as we look at these kind of topics that you'll take the opportunity to really go on a journey uh, think for yourself about how you feel about this stuff and ultimately take that to God and see what kind of uh, what kind of journey you can go on with him so let's pray Father God thank you that you are um, interested in, in helping us to grow and helping us to develop. And as we go on this journey together, I pray that you would really highlight the stuff that maybe we've got, um, got stuck in or maybe stuff that we've really fixed our mindset down on that maybe you want to challenge and change. God, I pray that you'd speak to each of us and that you'd help us to grow uh, and you'd help us ultimately to be people who really show um, your very nature in all the things that we do. So be, be close to us, be with us. Amen. So that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Um, I think we've got a couple of fairly exciting things coming up over the next few weeks, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and if you need anything, please get in touch because we, uh, we love you and we're here for you. So have a great week and we'll see you soon. Cheers.